Mountain Wellness, optimizing human performance to extend longevity for mountain athletes. What up, mountain athletes? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed, and I'm joined, as always, with my mountain brother, Mr. Mike Mahina. What's going on, my dude? Yeah, California to Montana. Feeling good. Feeling much better. It's cold out here, bro. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've been having another cold spell. Warmed up a little bit today. We're at zero, but yesterday when I arrived at the (laughs) den in the morning, it was... It was 10 below yeah, I can't zero. can't imagine zero, zero being better. <laughs> it still sounds too cold. Oof. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because um, I feel like after anything below 20 um, or maybe below 10 just doesn't really change that much as far as like, mm. I don't know, it just, it, it is, as far as cold goes, it, it just hurts more. When you get into the bl- negative zero or below zero, it's just... It hurts. It's you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not like you you're outside like oh man it's so freaking cold. It's just like ow, I need to cover up yeah, every. Yeah, that's uh, the way it is. Yeah, no, that's the way it is when you submerge in, in 32 in the water. It it's it doesn't just feel cold. It's actual pain that you feel in your you know your body feels like the pain of it. It like it burns almost. So how's the uh, cold plunges going? Or like the, the you got you've been doing more soaks. <laughs> In the cold tub? You know what? I haven't. I've been waiting. I've been just kind of, uh, I just haven't been able to get into it yet. Even though I know that's it's coming. I just can't yet. <laughs> and what's you the take weather? A month off, you know? What's it like out there? Is it cold too? It's actually nice. I mean, it's cold, but it's not, you know, it's probably cold here is like six, 55, 60. Yeah. It's sunny, so it'll warm up nice, but. Well, and for the listeners, Mike's down more coastal, so. I know it's um, the Sierra's got they got a couple good storms. I've been following the Mammoth Instagram page, and I miss that mountain, dude. I I love Mammoth so much. Yeah, that's why I travel the Sierra every season. It's like uh, I realize I've been through the so much of the Sierras. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm ready to get a backpacking trip for this spring. But uh, I think the Sierras is is uh, definitely going to be part of today's episode, or at least your story. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, just to to set it up for today, we're gonna um, we're gonna talk a little bit about GI gut health, and um, I know myself, Mike, probably all of us have been in in a uh, situation in the mountains where nature called, uh, <laughs> maybe not at the best time. And, um, and that could have been, uh, because of poor dietary choices or maybe some, some things that you're not aware of, at least my story that I'm going to tell today was definitely related to some dietary choices. And before I really optimized my own health in my gut, um, and I'm pretty sure yeah, you're Mike's right. Story. There's two things. <laughs> there's no, there's two things. You're right. There's, there's what I ate going into, let's just say altitude and then it's the atmospheric pressure itself, you know, releasing all of that, all that air pressure decreases. So there's two big, yeah, two big things that hit you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, shit hits the fan. 
Mountain, mountain Stories Poop just, Edition. This is it. That's right. Mountain Stories Poop Edition. There's going to be a lot of puns during this episode. It's forewarning. So, um, I, you know, when Mike and I were, were talking about this episode, I just, um, you know, a story came to mind. It was probably the worst situation that I've been in in the mountains relating to just having to go poop and nature called it at the worst time. So I think uh, for today's episode, Mike, you're just going to share our, our stories and then uh, we'll kind of tackle some some tips and tricks and uh, give you guys some pointers on. What? <laughs> is there a good is there a good time at all when you're in the mountains? I don't know, man. I'd love to find that perfect moment, but there yes. usually isn't. <laughs> there is to a certain extent. Like I could give you an example. When we were in uh, uh, our last trip in the Sierras, when we were doing some media work up there. It was perfect because we we would brew our coffee in the morning, which, you know, that's typically at home. It comes right after that first few sips of coffee. But we had that perfect bathroom right at the trailhead. So as long as we were like, <laughs> it was it was coming before then. But yeah, when you're on the trail, it just sucks, man. It doesn't matter. There's real, there's no good time. Totally. And if you guys want to go back, I can't remember what episode it is. Mike, you probably remember off the top of your head, but... Uh, the pinnacle is it the pinnacles? Oh, that's uh, the Mount the Whitney, Whitney episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cameron, my but dude, that's son when you is- realized, yeah, that GI issues. I mean, I know we're all laughing about this, but that we, Corey and I, both realize that uh, having issues, bowel movement, all that stuff out in the mountains uh, at altitude is a serious issue for people. It's like one of the biggest things we found. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's my story. This goes back ten uh, over ten years ago. So before my uh, journey into to health and performance and everything that I'm into now. So I didn't know yeah, actually anything at all. This is before I started. Just started this journey. Um, so with that said, if any of you guys are just picking up now, it's your first episode, or you just started re- uh, recently listening to us. Uh, I was in a traumatic car accident um, years ago. And, uh, that left me with a lot of gut issues and a lot of food sensitivities, um, because of the the trauma of the accident and and the antibiotic use. So I didn't know anything about that. I was suffering. Uh, I was dealing with a lot of GI issues, a lot of gut, uh, discomfort, bloating, gas, um, constipation. Just, I wasn't, uh, my gut was a mess. Well, I was still just as active as I am now, and I still love to, you know, adventure. And uh, I got invited on a trip to Grand Mesa, Colorado, and a good friend of mine, Brian Schwartz and Mindy, have a uh, beautiful cabin up there. And they're total outdoors; like they just love the outdoors. Everything from, you know, fishing. Big. They're big into fly fishing. Uh, big snowmobilers. Um, and for those of you that aren't you know, aren't aware of Grand Mesa, Colorado. It's the largest uh, flat top mountain in the world, over 500 mm. uh, square miles of just open terrain. And I think there's over 300 wow. lakes. So, and you're talking above 10,000 feet. So um, Alpine setting, but most of us know Alpine settings is very rugged and <laughs> uh, like the Sierras. Uh, that's, I kind of consider mm-hmm. the Sierras and Mike as well. Uh, our home mountains and just the Eastern slope is so rugged. So anyways, I'm 
we're going on a, a trip to Grand Mesa, Colorado. Um, my buddy's got the cabin up there and it was a snowboard or I'm sorry, it was a snowmobiling trip and they have a, a, a nonprofit organization called extreme mobility and extreme mobility got me into action sports. So it's basically, they put on action sports camps, uh, for the blind and they're based in winter park, Colorado. But this trip in particular was a trip where it was sort of a bed and breakfast and it's a way for them to raise money. So what they do is they, they, they have their donors come in and, it so just to set up a little bit so the cabin is a, it, it's a it's huge it probably has i think five rooms so you could easily i think we had 10 uh high profile donors coming in so mike or, or i'm sorry so brian and i and mindy drive up a couple days before and most of the the donors were they're in like the central uh, valley area. They're like dairy farmers, almond mm. farmers, um, a couple physicians, and they were all flying in on this private Learjet into Grand Junction, uh, Grand Junction Airport right there. Dang. And it's only like, I don't know, 30 minutes up the mountain from Grand Junction. So we, we, uh, we drive up a couple days before and uh, we get it all set up. And, uh, you know, no, sorry. I take that back. We didn't drive up. We dro- we we drove up, but they were it, the basically they were coming in the same day we got there. And the plan we were we we wanted to get up there beforehand, but we were kind of running late and it was just like this full-blown winter storm that was going on. So as we come into Grand Junction, we start driving up the mountain. I mean, it's like full-blown Colorado winter storm, mountain just like blizzard status. It's dumping snow. Uh, poor visibility and their cabin is is so high up in elevation that you can only drive to a certain access point and then from there you have to hike into the cabin um that's rad i love that it dude it's so sick so it's like i mean completely just like off the grid up in this like alpine setting so it's incredible so we're driving up the mountain and uh kayla's with us too so kayla's my wife and we're just dating at the time, so uh, which makes it even more funnier. Uh, so we <laughs> we drive up, we pull into the 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 outlet, like the turnoff area, and the plan was for Brian and I to hike in. And basically, you got to hike in through knee deep to you know chesty snow, and it could take I don't know. I want to say it's only like an eighth of a mile or a quarter of a mile, but it can take a, a forty five minutes oh, yeah. to an hour. That's- that's like tough, it's moving in. Yeah. yeah, you're trenching. Like you're just so we we make our way up to the cabin. Um, and once you get up to the cabin, he's got a garage full of snowmobiles. So pull out a snowmobile and we get the um he's got like these sleds that they pull behind it, and that's where we can load all our luggage and all of our supplies that we brought up in the truck. So we snowmobile back down, uh grab Mindy and Kayla. And the dogs and stuff load up the the sleds and we we head back up to the cabin well it's the middle of winter and um anybody that is familiar with cold uh climates or has been into you know been to a cabin in high elevation in the middle of winter the if a lot of times you have to turn the plumbing off so the the pipes don't freeze 
And I don't know how Brian does it, but I think he puts like antifreeze in the toilets and then does whatever he needs to do. So basically there's not running water. And (laughs) so we, we haul all, all our gear up and we started unpacking and this place has an incredible, like huge fireplace. So Brian gets the fireplace. He's stoking that it's freezing. You know, it's like probably 20 degrees, 10 degrees inside the cabin. feels like it's even colder inside sometimes. Um, and the logs, this is a true log cabin. So it takes time to keat the logs up. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's freaking cold. So no we're all radiating like, heat. Yeah. Yeah. There's no radiating heat. Everything's cold. So we're all huddled around the fireplace. And, um, now all while this is going on, Brian's like texting back and forth with these like, you know, high profile millionaires, donors that are coming on this private Learjet <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, and he's like, oh man, they're already here. I got, I got to get down the mountain to go pick them up. Wow. And so, so he, he takes off down the mountain and I don't know, it was about, cause he was going to be back probably an hour, hour round trip or something like that. Well, while, while that was happening, I don't know. I want to say like 15 minutes, 20 minutes before he is supposed to be back. I all of a sudden have to take the biggest poop. I've ever had to take in my life. Like it came on like a ton of bricks. Well, that was, <laughs> that's not a problem until I remembered that Brian said that no one, like basically the toilets had no water in them. Cause he hadn't started the plumbing, like the water yet. So my first thought was like, Oh shit. Like, I don't want to go take a giant, like lay a giant deuce. <laughs> Here we go. In the, in the bathroom. Party time. <laughs> Because there's no water. I'm like, the whole entire cabin that's like, you know, whatever, 3,000 square feet. Like Corey? It's going to smell like a freaking outhouse. Okay. So now, okay. So that's like that. Now the anxiety sets in a little bit. So, you know, that doesn't help at all when you got to go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter if it's number one or two. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Um, So now I'm kind of like, I hadn't, I haven't told Kayla yet. I'm just like, all right, I can. I can pinch it off. You know, I can hold this. It'll be good. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait until Brian gets back. And uh, I, it's just, no, it's not happening. Like minutes are going by and it's only getting worse. Um, So now it gets to the point where I'm like, I go into the other room and Kayla's unpacking. I'm like, hey, babe. She's like, yeah. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom so bad. Like, it's so bad. And I don't, she's like, well, just go in the toilet. I'm like, no, there's, there's no way I'm going to go in the toilet. We got all these like donors coming i haven't even met him before uh the only people that are here are you mindy and myself so i sure as heck know if they walk in and it just reeks in here you guys are all gonna point fingers at me and then i'm gonna be like the right okay so now it's like same thing minutes are going on and now it's getting to the point where i'm like sweating like i mean i'm just oh dang it, it it's like it's getting bad. Now, let me back up. I forgot to mention that before we went up the mountain, we stopped in this pizza place and I'm, uh, you know, I probably ate a whole large pizza to myself, which I was known <laughs> to do back in the day. <laughs> this is, this is a key piece of information yeah. <laughs> that was left out. <laughs> key piece. Um, so stuffing I'm like, before I'm you in- go up to altitude. Right. And I can't, I can't even put it into words. This is the worst. It's, I mean, 
this isn't just because I was in the mountains. This is the worst experience I've ever had with having to go number two. Mm-hmm. And sure, uh, so now, yeah. <laughs> so back to back to the weather. It's full blown winter storm outside. So I'm like, dude, I, it's not like I could just go outside and you know just go relieve myself out there. And I might add too, I'm blind. So even if there was a chance in the middle of winter, <laughs> it's like, dude, I would have fallen into a freaking snowdrift. So get dude, lost get, out there, yeah. Oh my god. So now let's get into the point where Kayla is starting to laugh at me. Like it's getting to be oh this dang, right? Like gotta yeah. love that support. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm like trying to tell him like, no, baby, you don't understand. This is like not a funny, man. straight up emergency. All right. So now it gets to the point where, you know, Kayla's laughing so hard that Mindy I can totally is, see is her now... laughing and teasing you too. <laughs> like that's totally can. She's like, what's the matter, Corey? I could, oh my gosh. That's so okay, Kayla. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kayla, cause she, she loves it. Cause she always teases me like Mr. Like, you know, got it all planned, got it together. And so her seeing me go through something like this was just, she was loving it. So now, now Mindy's involved. Now, now Mindy's kind of aware that, (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Because she hears us, right. I'm pacing around. Kayla's laughing and I'm just like straight up at that point. I'm like, I'm not, I told Kayla, I was like, I'm not going in the bathroom. I didn't tell Mindy that because I didn't, I wanted to make sure if there was plan B, I didn't let her in on plan B. So then it got to the point where I could no longer hold it. I mean, there was nothing I could do, so I came up with oh. the, the, well, basically it was go in the toilet, and we don't know how long until Brian's going to be back, and even if I went in the toilet and Brian comes back within, you know, the next five to ten minutes, it's still going to reek in the house. And put uh, a blanket over it? I don't know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, was, I, I was avoiding that at all costs. Like, I don't know. I just didn't want to, oh. I didn't want to to try that one out because we've all been in a yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a porter potty and well, yeah and you don't want to break it like if you break if something's wrong and it gets <laughs> broken brian's gonna be like dang Corey, i was on for 15 minutes and you broke my toilet <laughs> totally okay so i'm like i got i gotta do something so i came up with the plan of using a grocery sack like one of those plastic those straight up like plastic grocery bag so okay. I, I go, yep, yep. This is you like where this is going. <laughs> I like it. I feel good about it. Because <laughs> I'm like, he's a, all right, he's a well, rescue what, at this point, right? Well, because I'll tell you where I got the, the idea for the bag. I'm like, well, when a dog goes outside, you know, you put it in the bag and pick it up and That's reverse, great like, thinking, reverse dude, the I bag like it. and you, you tie it off, right? So I was like, I can contain. Dude, I'm gonna call Corey when I have an issue. I'm gonna be like, Corey, what do I do? <laughs> Code Brown, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so ahead. now oh, I'm like, so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to like, I'm just going to shit into the bag. Like that's the plan. So I get into the bathroom and now it's like, wait, if I miss or I have some sort of issue, like now I have a really shitty situation because it's, oh dang. Cause now you got, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, all over the floor. Cause I never everywhere. This. So it wasn't <laughs> oh. like, oh yeah, I got this. I got this. So now no Kayla practice. is oh. dying. Kayla's literally dying, bro. She's like on the Kayla, floor. I know. I, I can see her laughing. <laughs> I can totally picture her die laughing and just like, oh my god, oh my gosh, so babe, now, this is unbelievable. I so totally now I'm down to, totally, and now I'm down to like, I mean, it's within. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let this go. And so I'm like, I'm going outside. 
So I make my way, I, I go out front and uh, I, I somehow, this is kind of funny thinking back now because I would have never asked Kayla, but I was not, I didn't have the independence that I do now. So I was like, babe, you got to come with me. Like you got to go outside with me. I'm going to get lost. Like I'm going to fall off the, the damn deck into the snow drift or something. So she comes out with me like laughing her ass off. Mindy's in the kitchen. Just like, what are they doing right now? Like what is going on? So I get outside, I find a spot and I'm just nervous. I'm like, am I in front of the window? Is Mindy looking at me right now? And at this point, I don't care. I pull my pants down. I grab that damn bag. I pulled it up like the two two handles up around my hips and just let it go. (laughs) You know what? The handles are handy, though. I'm really I like that. The handles. I had no idea those handles could be so effective. (laughs) Kayla gave me, I remember she was like, oh Cause you don't want to okay, have so. issues holding the bag. Like you don't want to have no. issues holding the bag. Cause so the I handles like, are amazing. Right. I like that. Right. Cause if I missed now it's on their front deck. Now it's like, all right, I just totally took a shit right on the front deck. And now all the donors <laughs> are going to step in it while they're coming in. Dang. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I, I, I'm good. I get it. I do my business. I tie the bag off and I'm just like, oh my God. It's like the bit, you know, biggest relief that I've had. Heavy I'm bag. Like, right. <laughs> Dude, it was heavy. It's a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So now it's well, like set okay, it next I gotta, to the other grocery bags. <laughs> yep. Okay, so now we got now we got the next problem. I gotta discard this bag. I gotta like I'm not gonna go inside and throw it in the trash can. I don't know where their trash can is outside. Um so oh, man. well, you know, it seems sensible to go bury it in the snow. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And Kayla agreed with me. So I decided to, what I thought was go out beyond, you know, pretty far beyond the deck. Uh, Apparently I didn't make it very far and I managed to fall in the snow drift. I'm like, oh, you know, literally like trenching through snow. And I finally, I'm like, dude, I'm done with this bag. I just, I toss it and just try to like, I, I, and in my head and for the listeners, you know, if, like I said, if you if you're just tuning in, like I'm totally blind, so this is not easy. Like this is so I toss the bag and it's over. You're totally like, blind, and, holding a two pound bag of crap, and you got to get rid of it fast. Yeah, and it's like steaming. It's all warm because it's like ten degrees oh, outside. I'm like, God, dude, I gotta dude. I gotta get rid of this shit. So toss it over in the snowdrift. Like it's all good. And Kayla and I roll back inside. And I at this point I don't like. Kayla and I are both dying laughing. Like we're both just just say be crying, either crying or laughing one or the other pretty much. So now I think I'm in the clear. It's all good. Mindy's kind of like, you get what is going on. And, uh, Kayla's just dying. Cause I, I shit in the bag. Like that was like, I can't believe you just did that, but I kind of give you props. Okay. Well, I don't know about 30 minutes later. Um, you hear the snowmobiles and, um, Brian comes through the door and he starts introducing all the, the, you know, the people and, um, VIP, you know, I'm like, I, th- at this point, like it's still kind of in our mind just as a, like, we're laughing about it, but not like not concerned in any way. Like I thought I was, I, I pulled it off like, and, yeah. uh, so Brian brings in all this stuff and he, he settles all the rooms, gets, get all the, gets all the donors settled in the rooms and stuff. And, um, they all go in the rooms and we're sitting on the couch and Brian comes in oh, and he's God. really, con- really, really concerned. 
Like you can just tell because you know Brian. Like he's very like he's just a happy go lucky dude. He's easy going. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally super easy going. And he's got this really serious thing. And he goes, Kayla okay, and I are sitting like, oh, he goes, hey Mindy. And then he's like, hey, yeah, Brian. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's really weird. Like someone left a bag of poop on our on our deck. Like a job below oh. our deck. <laughs> <laughs> so Kayla and I at that point just absolutely lose it like we literally oh. are dying laughing because you know at that point I'm like oh my god I didn't get it out far enough like I didn't bury this so Brian is literally like he's like what is going on right now we're laughing and then Kayla's like start begins I don't even know because I was laughing so hard Where but she start. basically was like yeah Corey like Corey had to go number two and didn't want to like drop it in the the toilet because there's no water. So, you know, he decided to, and he did not laugh at all. Like he was, and so Kayla and I are just like, we're dying. <laughs> Mindy, Mindy you is trying oh, so shit. hard. Yeah. Cause we know he probably picked it up like, Oh, what's this bag? And started, you know, probably fondling <laughs> my poop. Dude. Dude, I thought <laughs> I thought he was gonna take it to one of the rooms, <laughs> thinking it was a bag of one of the donors. Like, oh, they left a bag out here. Take oh it into God, a room. Oh my like, God, oh, dude! That's what so I was waiting bad. for. He's like, you know, one of the rooms just don't smell right. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's my story. Uh, pooped in a bag, um, and one of my best friends fondled it without realizing it that it was my poop. <laughs> so. <laughs> Why he wasn't laughing, dude? <laughs> until Pretty this straight day when faced gets, right there. When, right. Until this day when it gets brought up, he still like has that dead serious face. Like, he gets stoic. Like, dude. dude. I know how to quiet him down now. I'm like, oh, you're excited, huh? Well, I got a story for you. <laughs> oh, man. So dude, going through this, the Sierras, man, it is almost every year that I've gone every season with different people, there was an issue out there with have, with the bathroom, like having to go and not being able to go or going too much or running out of toilet paper. There was, was always something that, <laughs> there's always something that just like cropped up. I mean, I, I got, I don't know, half a dozen stories, but I'll just do the highlights, I guess. Well, we'll start here because again, I, I you know I was just reading online because I thought I'd do some crappy research and you know in my my uh, but I, I I did some some research and basically what I've come to understand is that if you take a balloon and blow it up at sea level and then you take it to altitude even high like Kilimanjaro Everest that balloon will double in size and so apparently there's this <laughs> it's kind of common knowledge for altitude there's this thing called. Uh, there's a they have an acronym for it because it's so common that people have so much gas that they like fart like constantly up there. <laughs> I'd never heard of it. Yeah, no, it's crazy like that. Uh, it's just a, uh, it's one of those things where intestinal glass and bloating is this huge at elevation. But I think you also hit the, the the nail on the head when you said that that I just jammed down a bunch of food before I headed up to elevation because that's what happened to Cameron too. It's like, if you scarf before you go up, that's yep. like a recipe, you know, for a disaster. But I remember being in the, uh, we were crossing 
in the Sierras, we had to go over Donahue Pass. We had to go over some good 10, 10 11,000 feet elevations. And the guys, I don't know what it was. We had seven days out there with six guys. And as we're we're like in day three, and two of the guys, I think it was my son and one of the other one of the, my, my neighbors, is like we're both out of toilet paper, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how they ran out of toilet paper so fast. But but you know that's a <laughs> that's an emergency in the wild. And I'm looking at I got a, a half a roll. I still got like ton of roll, and I'm like, well, I should yeah, share I this. Ain't <laughs> Yeah, but I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how did they run out of, like, they had, like, I think they want to say they almost had whole rolls. Like, they brought a lot. And I'm like, did you guys, did you guys know that you tear the sheets off? Or did you just take the whole roll? Because it's like, there's a, you know. They're doing the anyways, fold over, uh, fold over, fold over. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't figure it out. But like, and then I was like, well, I should charge them per sheet. Because this is like, I don't want to run out either. So everybody's wants to hang out of their paper because they're like, I'm not running out of this stuff. So. It was funny because one morning I woke up in the tent and I go outside and my friend's got his towel hanging there. He's got one of those micro towels for washing dishes and drying. You know, it's, it's a little towel everybody carries. <laughs> There's a big square missing out of it, cut out of it. I'm like, <laughs> he goes, I read it. He's like, I ran out of paper. And I'm like, wow, you just ruined your towel. So this is getting serious. But, uh, I remember one of the guys said, well, there's out here in the Sierra, you can use mule ear. And I'm like, what is mule ear? And it's this giant leaf. that It's shaped like a, a, an ear of a deer or I guess a mule, right? Uh, and so this mule ear became really precious. And we, so we were we were attaching the mule ear whenever we'd find it on the back of our backpacks because I was saving it. We were saving it for the guys because they knew like, it, this is serious. And, it, you know, for me, it's really tough because you're so vulnerable out there. And when you have to go, you have to go. And the last thing you want to do is dig a hole. Like you don't want to have to dig a hole when you're, when you, that, that thought arises, you got to dig, dig like a, I think they want a six inch hole or it's, it's deeper now. And it's really bad when you start digging and you hit rock. You're like, oh my gosh, I got to move this whole operation somewhere else. But, uh, so yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, I think it's a combination of the food. And I, I still say, and I've heard people talk about, you know, freeze dried food causing, um, uh, GI issues and then of course uh, constipation all these things just all add up with the elevation and the lack of uh, air pressure and so it's it's could be a nightmare for some guys out there um, and so the worst one we probably ever had was Mount Whitney I mean that that story is you can go back yeah, to just, the Mount Whitney episode well, well let's <laughs> give a quick little recount because I, I think it's this is well worth um, <laughs> for, it's it's worth it's a well worth story for this episode and this is a lesson for us all, really. I mean, it was a lesson for me. It was a lesson for us all because these ter- these situations could turn into actual emergency situations where someone could get hurt. <laughs> so it's like, and that was my son. So anyways, we were, you know, same thing. We The night before we're leaving uh, at two or three in the morning um, that night, you know, I'm sitting with Cameron, we're eating dinner and I just and they're down getting ready sandwich, to climb. I think. The, yeah. You yeah. guys are getting ready to climb Mount Whitney. So this is yeah. like 14,000 for- feet. In, yep. in one day. Yep. Right. So we and do Mike quick- hadn't done it. No one had done it. So this was their first time and they decided they're going to do it in one day. So go ahead. Right. So, you know, we're at the restaurant. I have a sandwich, I think, and some fries. And it was a decent meal. I felt I felt full afterwards. And Cameron looks over. He's sitting next to me. He looks over at my plate. And he's like, Dad, 
I'm still hungry. And he had just downed like a burger or something. He goes, I'm still hungry, man. Can I, can I get one of one of the, what you had? And I'm like, really dude, that seems like a lot of food. He's like, yeah, I'm still hungry. I'm like, all right. So he orders an extra full on sandwich with fries and everything. And uh, so he's full and I never gave it a thought. I just thought, man, that's a lot of food, man. But that was it. And then we went to bed and we woke up and he starts to climb and he seems good until about 11,000 feet. And uh, he didn't really say much. He just started developing a headache a little bit, slight headache. So we were doing some breath work to help fix his headache. And uh, we get up to probably, I would say at the summit is when it really started. When he's like, he's like, dad, I got to go to the bathroom really bad. I haven't gone since last night, like since we left. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he go, I'm like, well, dude, we're at the top of Whitney. It's all rock. There's no privacy. There's nothing, dude. He's like, where? And there's people everywhere. Like, there's people hopping around, you know, taking pictures of themselves. They're all excited. And he's like, I gotta go now. And I'm like, well, there's nowhere. So he's looking for he's looking for rocks to hide between. So he finds this this <laughs> this this these three rocks that are 360 around him. And I just see his head sticking up, looking around like a you know like how a squirrel or like a right yeah they just pop their head up and they're looking around like is it coast clear. And I'm like, dude, the coast is not clear. And there's this one girl that's it's an Instagram influencer. She's running around taking pictures of herself. And she just, she kept going over to where he is. And I'm like, miss, can you can you please just give us a few minutes? Like, my son, he just needs a couple minutes. So could you stay to this area? Dude, I had to tell her like three hold times. Hold like, on, oh, I gotta, I'm so yeah, sorry. I got to stop you there. So just for context, yeah, yeah. like... Mike is on the top of Mount Whitney, the highest mountain in the lower 48, the Western Continental. And he literally stops. You had to stop people from coming down the trail is the only way because Cameron was like, I just think that's yeah. great. Oh, no, that's okay. the pinnacles. This is So we're on Whitney at the top and he's like, I got to go now. So he's trying to go, but he kept popping his head up going, I don't feel comfortable because there's too many people. So I think he just tried to hold it. So, all right, we're doing breath work. I know he's got issues. I'm like, we need to get down now because it'll help you. So we're <laughs> we're coming down the trail on the pinnacles, which if you haven't been up there, it's like sheer cliff drop-offs. Like it, it'll, it'll, you know, you're on this one trail and the one side is just straight down. And some of them are sheer cliff. They're, it's just, you're going to die. If you go off the edge, it's it. So we're coming down. He's got the headache and, I'm, and he's like, dad, we're coming down this narrow trail. He's like, I got to go right now. And I'm like, oh, Cameron. <laughs> he's like, dad. And he's got that look on in his face, that twinkle in his eye. I'm like, oh man, it's now. So we had no choice because there's people following. I guess people, everybody's trying to get off Mount Whitney right now. So then they're in a hurry because they know what it means to get down. So I'm like, all right, you're going to have to find a spot and I'm going to hold up this whole train of people coming down. I had no choice. <laughs> it's just like it's so... He walks around to another cliff edge where it, first he's running around, uh, I mean, literally like scampering on the, the rock and I'm panicking because I'm watching him scamper on the rock. I'm looking at the cliff edge. I'm like, this is really bad. Oh. Like, it was dangerous. And I'm turning around. I'm telling you, I had like this group of like, I don't they were, I think it doesn't matter. They're a group of people coming down, these Asian girls that were like, they were fast. They were following us. And like, oh, like, look at, look at their poop over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, ladies, please. Uh, oh, I'm what sorry. <laughs> we have an emergency situation on the mountain. My son is he has to use the restroom, and there's nowhere to go. And they're like, and I'm like, oh no, we understand, we understand. We'll just wait here." So we're I've got like ten people starting to pile up in a in a train, 
and I'm looking across this thousand foot drop. I'm looking across at him on this outcropping and he's just like, dad, there's no, and I'm like, you got to dig a hole cam. And so he's digging and he's trying to dig through rock and there's like, He's like, it's just rock, and I can hear the scraping of the shovel. I'm like, Cameron, there's no, you're never gonna get to the bottom. You just gotta like, go. Just so we're, go. <laughs> we're, and you can hear it echo, like we're yelling across a canyon, and there are these people like staring at me, Let like, wow, go. this is. Like, and I'm blocking the the trail, like I'm literally standing there, like, I'm sorry, you can't pass. And so it's like, finally he goes. He's like, he's so embarrassed, and it was like, it was just a nightmare, and he. Everybody had to walk by and he'd like put some stones on it. And, it was just like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I thought of everything on that trip, but that never occurred to me. Like that that could go down like in a dangerous place and he's running around and it was like, it just became too much. I was like, this is unbelievable. So, you know, a key part of all of that that we're talking about is a shovel, man, is having... Uh, if you don't know about them, they have titanium shovels out there and I highly suggest you purchase one cause they're super lightweight. They're super tough. Yes. And we, and when you need one, man, you need one. Like yeah, those things are Cause I'm not a seasoned backpacker like Mike is. And I, the first trip I went on with him, I bought one of the plastic ones and I remember the first like scoop I took into the ground, the thing snapped in half. Oh, no way. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Uh, that's not going to work. That party's over. (laughs) Yeah. I think I had to borrow one from my dad or one of you guys, but, uh, you go caveman style and just start using a rock, man. It's like back in the old, back in the old country, they just probably took a rock and I don't even know if they did that, but I know I think about that all the time. Like, what do they do with kids? You know, like when they, now we have all these uh, diapers are so convenient. Kid takes crap, pick off the diaper, throw it in the trash. And, but man, what were they doing when, you know, like back in, Native Americans and stuff like tribal times where they just, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I was on a trip where, where it was a husband and wife team who will, who will remain anonymous. And we were out there and I forget their, Oh, their, their problem was mosquitoes. Like you don't, <laughs> the problem is man, when your pants go down and there's a hundred mosquitoes oh, out there, dude. all you can think about is getting bit all over and you got no choice. So this husband and wife team went together and like one's job was to to keep uh, <laughs> their job. Her job was to keep the mosquitoes away. So she's got a phantom, dude, up against a rock. And I was like, so they're both that's like popping squats together. <laughs> that, that's love, though, man. I'm like, you ain't getting anywhere near me. I don't care if I get bit by mosquitoes. I'm like, you got no, that's a that's a long term relationship right there. Or it's the end of a relationship. It's one or the other. It's either a long term or it's the end because. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so, you know, I have this titanium shovel, roll of paper, and also wet wipes too, in case something accidental happens. You got to have those and then uh, clean your hands. And then I don't know about the mosquitoes. I got to work on that because that's not fun. Like, you you know, you don't want to spray deed all over yourself, but like. No, you don't want to spray your balls down deed. That could be an issue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just doesn't seem like a good idea from a health and wellness standpoint. But like I don't know, oh, but that's, just, that's I just a had a picture with Mike. Happened. I just had a picture of Mike with his titanium shovel in one hand, his roll of toilet paper in the other hand, his bottle of uh, bug spray repellent DEET in his pocket. Just like, all right, I'm on a mission. It's an operation, fellas. man. <laughs> 
Dude, and the worst thing is, too, that happens to people all the time out there is they find their ideal spot. They're all happy, and they're like, this is the, this is the place. And they get up against the rock. They're like, I love this spot. And then all of a sudden, they realize they weren't completely off trail. And trail like, here comes people barreling down the trail. They can totally see you. And you're like, <gasps> And you just like totally panic and you try to make yourself disappear, but you can't, you know, because you just like go quiet. It's like, oh my God. I, so many times people thought they were good. And then all of a sudden here comes a group of people coming down the trail. The worst, dude. It's the worst to being blind because I, I have to rely on other people to like spot for me. I didn't even th- and think of it's, that. It's, yeah. Oh, dad, it's, it's, it's bad. Like even uh, recently I was uh, speaking of Brian again. We, I was with Brian. He pulled off when off the side of the road when we were on our way to Lake Powell and uh, he's like yeah just go and the cars are buzzing by on the highway I'm like sure are you sure dude <laughs> like, I feel like I'm just like flashing the whole yeah dude um, oh my gosh well I was just realizing that's like someone's got to get you in position and then like I'm out of here right I mean they got to get you yeah because it's awkward like no one wants to to, to guide another Dang dude out. over to like you know do his business but it's kind of essential and I'm like falling over branches and trying to like tuck away, oh, <laughs> like get some privacy. And you have no idea like really where you are. You're like, I hope these, this person values my privacy as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, uh, I love the name funny, of that shovel like, too, by the way. It's it's called the Deuce. It's out there in the Amazon or somewhere you can find oh, it. Oh, bro. The that's the like brilliant shovel. branding. <laughs> <laughs> the Deuce. When nature calls, have your Deuce titanium shovel handy. All right. Well, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, those, everybody loves a good poop story. Um, and, uh, you know, I got the idea of this episode from, uh, Snowboard Magazine back in the day in, uh, the, back in the 90s. They used to do, uh, they had a section in Snowboard Magazine called the Poop Chronicles. And, uh, Dang. it was all these pro snowboarders talking about their gnarly accidents hitting their tailbone. And apparently, if you hit your tailbone Ooh. hard enough, you shit your pants. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Dude. Yeah, dude. I didn't even know it was a thing until they had this this thing, this this section called the Poop Chronicles. And I was like, never you know, you, heard of, of it. Of course. Right? I feel like that would be the worst. Now, I will say, I uh, back in my freestyle snowboard days, um, my worst like fall um was on a uh one of the, the camel like hump rails, like the one that goes up and down. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like a, I don't even know. I think they're called camel something, camel back rail. Anyways, went up, board slid, like went up, hit it, landed on the rail, board slid the, the, the first slope going up. And instead of board sliding back down the second slope, I just basically like board slid out from underneath me and I whacked my tailbone yeah. coming down oh. on the, and it was, it sucked too. Cause it was at um, big bear. And anybody that knows Big Bear, it's like they have this giant, similar to Mammoth and a lot of resorts, but they have the the outdoor deck where everybody sits and, you know, has a drink or rest or eats or whatever. And so I hit the, the, the rail right in front of everybody. So I'm literally like on the ground doing that thing oh. where you're crawling around, like holding your ass, like, cause it hurts so <laughs> damn bad, like scooting like, across. Some of that dude. Oh. And I couldn't sit down. I mean, it hurt. My tailbone hurt for a couple months, like just sitting down um, in a chair. But, um, dude, it's like I'm a, one of the funny things I've, I've thought about when I was on my last trip is I was like, you know, 
you know, you want to go stroll for a sunset and then, you know, you want to see the sunset, take a walk. And, and then all of a sudden you see somebody down there just <laughs> taking a huge job and you're like, well, is that that guy we met down there earlier, man? Oh, and you don't know whether to wave or run away or like point in another direction. Like, I don't see you, man. I don't see you there with your neon shirt. <laughs> oh, dude. I don't know. So good. It's crazy, man. All right. So I think one thing that I heard uh, that was very similar in, you know, the three or four stories that we told was the gut. Like it all comes back to the gut. And I know yes. me personally, I haven't experienced any negative uh, effects in elevation or going up to the mountains as it relates to GI or gut issues anymore. Um, of course, nature still calls and you don't know when that's going to be, but from a bloating and, um, you know, just not having good uh, just good gut health. If, if you're going mm-hmm. into the elevation or the mountains, um, already like that, it's going to be much worse. And you're probably going to experience some of the stories that Mike and I just shared. Um, and that, that can be, you know, we can, there's, there's a few different things that you need to pay attention to from, uh, as far as like food goes, I think for me, uh, it's not eating a large meal. I've learned my lesson the hard way. Cameron's learned I'm his hearing, head, yeah. lesson the hard way. Yeah, Mike's learned a couple his things lesson I got the hard way. Yep. And and that used to be my mindset was like, okay, we're about to you know head out on this three day backpacking trip. Like this is going to be my last really good, real whole, whole food meal. So I'm just going to eat you know a bunch of food and and That's fuel it. up and. Dude, Cameron said the but, same thing. He's like, Dad, I thought that I goes, Dad, we're going to the mountains, so I just figured I'd eat, you know, my last meal. I'm like, you're not gonna die out there, dude. But yeah, yeah no, I totally get that. Like, I think psychologically, we're like, okay, I got to jam a bunch of food down because I'm not gonna be eating this stuff for a while. Yeah, and it's I, big, it's true to a certain mistake. extent. As far as like, you do need to 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 get your fuel storage up. Um. And I'm just going to share this because I love um, Brian Elliott. So Mike Elliott's uh, brother, Mike, was on the show yeah. um, episodes back. I think it was Mountain Athlete Meets the Recovery Den or something like that. Great episode. Yes, if you guys want to go back and check it out. Oh, Mike. But Brian awesome. Elliott, his brother, is a, a pro XC mountain biker, rides for Transition Bikes. Um, he's a local Helena uh, mountain athlete here. But he, we were talking some fueling strategies because uh, Elliot, his brother Mike, had um, a pretty bad experience on the Butte 100, and uh, mm. we were, you know, me being uh, a nutritionist, and Brian is he's a smart dude when it comes to being an athlete. Yeah, he's he well is. rounded with fueling and training, and so he doesn't rely on a coach. Like he he's dialed in, but he shared with totally. me, which I I. From my knowledge in nutrition, I agree with 100%, but I never looked at it from that angle is his strategy is he doesn't eat protein at like 24 hours before the the start of the race. And a big reason Mm. is the metabolic energetic process it takes to break down protein. It's a lot. And if you're going into a race and you're eating a ton of like, you know, a, a ton of protein, so like a steak along with, you know, heavy potatoes and just a big calorie dense meal that takes a lot of energy to break down. Mm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now when we're talking about endurance sports, 
this this race in particular, um, the Butte 100, that's what we were talking about, you know, what happened with his brother. He was telling me that Mike went in the night before, similar to Cameron, was like, you know, he had a burger. Uh, he was just eating like just tons of stuff. And Mike to Brian kept saying like, dude, are you going to eat? And he's like, no, dude, like I'm good. I just, I, I don't remember uh, what his exact protocol was, but I think he eats, um, he does some like real simple carbs 24 hours beforehand. But basically uh, Brian's approach is going into the rate, the start of the race with very minimal in his stomach, which makes sense. If we go back to metabolic yep. flexibility, because I agree. we know from previous episodes that we've done, like we, we have the ability to store energy as it relates to fatty acids and ketones or what I should say is fat that can be converted into ketones. We have the average person has over 30,000 calories of energy stored on them. Um, so, the whole idea of, of eating a meal, this really calorie dense meal, um, you know, 24 hours, uh, or, or I should say, you know, right before the start of the race, not a good idea. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Uh, I love that. And I, and I, that's why I don't eat whey protein in food bars when I'm out because I yeah. got a stomach, I got stomach cramps immediately. So I use those key on bars. I love those key on bars, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was sort of the epiphany I had when he was talking about that. And and I, I might add too, Brian was sharing this knowledge from a very uh, well-known, I, I don't know the name of uh, the gentleman off the top of my head, but well-known endurance coach um, in the mountain bike space. And mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense from the, the metabolic process of, you know, if you're going to dump a bunch of stuff into your stomach, like that's going to take energy. And when you're out on the course in an endurance race, that's stressful. You're putting your body through a lot of stress, uh, especially, right. you know, past mile 20. And that goes for elevation. Um, it's no different. If sure, we get up above 10,000 feet. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike shared the fact about the balloon and, you know, what happens, that atmospheric pressure. So, you know, better approach to do minimal food. So when we do go into mm-hmm. elevation that pressure, it, it just doesn't cause as much discomfort if you do have contents in the stomach. Um, and then, so that I was big, one more that was tip on one. that too. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and the other thought I had is if you even have the thought, let's say you're out in the mountains and you're out there and you know, and you just have this thought like, Oh, you know what? I think I have to go to the bathroom. And that thought occurs to you. Don't wait. Because what happens is I found is that all of a sudden it's like, I got to go now. And so, I mean, you never yeah. seen me run up a trail so fast with my pack <laughs> on. I'm like, guys, I'll be back. And it's just, it hits you so fast. So, you know, when you have that thought, it's like, go then don't be like, ah, oh, wait until I get, you know, over here. It's like, don't do that. Cause when it's an emergency out there and you're trying to dig a hole, you can't dig fast enough. And then you yeah. hit rock and you're like, oh man. So yeah, good times. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, some strategies uh, before we head into the mountains, before uh, we're up in elevation. Yes. Now I think this is a big one that is totally under, it kind of flies under the radar or is not. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, the packaged processed food um, that mm. is you know primarily in the backpacking space, but even when we're talking about going on, uh, you know, just a, 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 
one day hiking trip or a climbing, you know, going climbing for the day where, you know, you're, you're getting those snacks. You're going to have to have, you know, a little bit of fuel, um, whether it's some protein bars or whatnot. Um, but when we look at making sure those snacks that we are eating, that they aren't heavily, uh, processed, refined grains and processed, you know, grain, um, processed sugar and all the, the, the preservatives that they pack in that because those foods are, if we ate those just in our regular environment, say for, you know, dinner tonight, not up in the mountains, like most of you guys are going to have some sort of GI distress or discomfort just from consuming those types of foods. And at sea level. I'll tell you right. Yeah. At sea level. And I'll tell you right now, even if you don't feel the symptomology of it, I can tell you for sure it's causing inflammation and it is causing some negative effects. So right mm-hmm. there, I like agree. throw that stuff out. Like if you're going on a backpacking trip, don't like stay away from those pre-packaged foods. Like I'm just not a big fan of it. And, and Mike is a prime example of someone who can take whole foods into the backcountry. Um, I don't have the experience like Mike has with, uh, he's done some multiple like through hikes and multi-day, like what? Seven days is the longest one you've done. Um, eight. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a good amount of time and that's, that's, um, I mean, and you did a really good job fueling during that seven day trip. I know. Was that the time you took eggs and everybody's like, was that the first time you had taken eggs? Cause I know you took them with, yeah, with I, on our trip. Man. Yeah. I stopped taking uh, freeze dried food with me cause I felt that it, it, it was exacerbating everything I saw out there is the guys struggling. And as I felt like the freeze dried food just made everything worse for the people that were struggling. And so I just went switched over to whole food. I took whole eggs out there. I took uh, flour tortillas to hold the food that I had. And, you know, the, the problem is, you know, you're dealing with, then there's the weight issue. Everybody, no one wants to carry that much weight, but I'm like, well, yep. there's weight. And then there's you being really uncomfortable and miserable. So, you know, you have to balance what you'd rather have. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather carry a little more weight and be happy to go lucky with my food. Yeah, I agree. Cause I feel for me, some of the best moments backpacking are sitting around, um, yeah. breaking bread with each other, drinking that morning cup of coffee, um, eating oatmeal, which I don't eat, normally eat. That's the fun part about backpacking <laughs> too. There's, there's some foods that are consumed, uh, that aren't usually consumed like uh, animal crackers. Mm-hmm. Or animal cookies. Remember <laughs> animal that one? Animal cookies, yeah. Yeah, I loved yep. it. Dude, I took so, those with that, me on one of my trips just because you had them. It was fun. Right. And and, sh- and that goes back to what, what you know what I was saying about Brian Elliott and his approach with the the simple, mm-hmm. simple carbs, easy digestible foods. And that was one of the thoughts I had when he was sharing that. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's why I had all these, you know, um, I remember I had the, the buffalo, like bison jerky bars and like I had these really dense protein bars, but I had no desire to eat those. Um, and I usually don't, I'm always going for the mm-hmm. the more simple carbohydrates, even though I'm primarily, I'm definitely fat adapted and, and on the, on a day to day. It seems like the body wants to reject fat though out there. It just naturally wants to reject heavy, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I truly like go, I think it, it, it makes so much sense from the standpoint of like, think about the, the stress. So we know the, the physiological adaptations that need to take place uh, when we go into elevation, especially from the respiratory standpoint. 
um, that's fresh on our mind with the the upcoming breathwork course that uh, that we finished. Now, if that's just one, that's just respiratory. So we're talking about uh, the digestive system, uh, the metabolic process of actually, you know, breaking down food, metabolizing food. That is a that's an energetic process. So if you're already pushing your body to the limits and stressing it right, out so it's under stress, th- yeah, right. And then you add something like fat or protein, which is it's it's a it's a heavier, more demanding metabolic process, energetic wise, mm. versus eating an animal cracker that is easily digested and gets into the bloodstream really quick to where those the the mitochondria could use it, convert it into ATP for energy. So it's right like, away. it makes gotcha. sense rather than having to go through this metabolic process. That's why, you know, going back to, uh, or, you know, episodes back when we talked about essential aminos, that's why I love essential aminos, um, in elevation, because now you don't have to take whey protein and a protein bar or eat like a, a bison jerky stick. You can take the essential aminos, um, which have no that have no metabolic process at all to digest, uh, but you're still right. getting those, you know, those essential uh, building blocks. So there's these, uh, there's some great hacks and, but yeah, kind of just to wrap it up, uh, don't preload, don't eat a giant meal. And I would also add, if you're going to eat a big meal, which is fine, make sure that you're, let's say you have an eight o'clock departure on Saturday morning. I would say, try to cut your, your, eat your, dinner before five o'clock. So, um, and I know how it is. A lot of yes. times you're coming into to town and, and your buddy, you're seeing, you're meeting up with your buddies. Um, there's always a couple of that want to go to the brewery and, and get a beer. Um, yep. save that until after like, you know, eating a giant meal and having a couple of brews before you head out on your adventure. Like that's not setting you up, um, in the best way from the the gut well, standpoint and, and i agree 100 percent. and also i think if you are going to do that make sure you <laughs> you do your business before you get on the trail or get back there at least you know what i mean yeah. so you, <laughs> don't go out there yep. fully loaded yep and then the last thing i would add is um that i'm a big fan of and a believer in is try as much as you can to um mimic your your routine in the morning so for example for me you know when i i do magnesium and my sea salt every morning like my big hydration my water i take that when i go backpacking like i still like my salts are with me and and i take the first thing i do is before i eat or drink coffee just like i do at home is i take my water with my magnesium and my my salt then i brew my coffee and most of the time when that happens, I, I get three, four sips into my coffee and, oh, guess what, guys? I got to go do my business. And when you're at camp, yeah, that's a that's a much more relaxing place to do it than when you pack your, your stuff up and you're like, oh, man, I didn't go this morning. Like, now when is it going to, you know, I know I'm going to have to go, but when is it going to be? So try Dude, to mimic so your true. morning routine. It's like, so yeah, so and I think what he's saying too is getting at is, is don't change your, radically change your dietary, yeah. when you, so if you go crazy at REI and you're buying, oh, look at this freeze-dried food, this this, <laughs> this uh, fettuccine Alfredo looks amazing. So you've got this pack full of all these things you've never eaten and you've stuffed them in there and now you're trying to pound them at elevation. Yeah. Uh, guess what? <laughs> 
you're gonna need a lot of paper or you're gonna you're gonna you might have some issues yep totally sweet dude i think there's some good uh some good yeah. tips there that was fun and uh it was we uh we've all been there and episode it's not a fun code brown <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Code stories. Brown. Code Brown. <laughs> Sweet right, man. Um, yeah, dude. So I got a few announcements related to the recovery den. Uh, we've had some class changes. Um, so yoga. We dropped the Thursday five thirty class, and we added a Wednesday six a.m. class. So we have three classes a week: Monday morning, six a.m. Uh, Wednesday at, oh shoot. Now I forgot. See, this is why I should not try to remember a class schedule. Um, you know what? We're going to have the class schedule up on the website, mountainwellness.life. That's going to be up soon. So you'll be able to check out the class schedule. But regardless, we did drop our Thursday yoga class at five 30 and we added the Wednesday. Mm. Um, I also added two breathwork classes. Um, and that's going to be nice. Wednesday, uh, as well. Uh, Wednesday morning and then Friday evening. And just so I don't butcher the times, uh, just go ahead and go check out the class schedule on, on the website, mountainwellness.life. We should uh, have the amazing new website up and launched probably by, I would say, next week. Um, so if you're catching nice, this episode nice. early on it's Monday. It's looking rad too. I saw oh, they've done well, well yep. done. Yep. Shout out to Frank and, and Karen at Mr. Business Builder here in Helena. They just did an outstanding job. So um, we're, nice we're looking forward. Perfect place for everybody to connect and all of our content in one place from the media, podcast, products, uh, apparel. So we're, we're super stoked. Um, and then, awesome. yeah, the breathwork class I'm super stoked about. If you're interested, um, basically... It is learning the fundamentals of performance breath work. So uh, we're going to be doing some intermittent hypoxic training along with some recovery uh, breath work techniques. So um, probably be about 30, 45 minute class. So hope to see you guys there. Nice. Um, like I said, you can check out all the details on the website, mountainwellness.life. Other than that, you got any announcements, my brother? Ah, no, I'm just super grateful for the listeners. Uh, I hope we uh, brought you some good entertainment on this episode, but yeah, just <laughs> love uh, sharing the stuff with you guys. Yeah, dude. And uh, thank you. We, we definitely feel the love. Thank you for the reviews. And um, yes, they, they are much appreciated. So you can find us on Apple, all the major platforms. We totally appreciate the reviews and the ratings helps us, uh, Helps the show get out there and we know it helps people. So if you're feeling up to it, you got a friend and you feel like this episode was valuable, go ahead and uh, shoot him a text, share it. That helps us a lot. Anyways, um, I think that's it. Hope you guys have yeah. an amazing two weeks and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Keep spreading that mountain stoke. Peace. Yep. We'll see, see you in the mountains. The information provided on the Mountain Wellness Podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 